0: Here to bring you part two of loins girt about with truth, which to gird your loins about is a belt. So it's often called the belt of truth. It's part of the armor of God, part of the unity of the armor lesson that I've been going into. And um, this is part two. And uh, the reason I'm doing a part two is because I failed to mention some things about it the last time. And I wanted to bring it out. And uh, So, if you have a Bible, turn to Romans chapter 1, and that's where the verse that I'm going to use tonight, and first of all, before we get started, I'm going to pray over this, um, that I can't do this without the help of God, so let's pray right quick, Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this time, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, again, Lord, to to bring out your word. God, I thank you, Jesus, for enabling me to do it, Lord, and giving me the strength to do it, God, and giving me the knowledge that you've given me, Lord, and the wisdom, God. But Lord, I can't do this without your help. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to, to help me tonight, Lord, to bring this forth, God, to help each and every one of us in our walk with you, Lord, and anyone out there, Jesus, that don't know you, God, I ask you to deal with our hearts, Lord, Any backsliders that's walked away, God, deal with their hearts, Lord Jesus, and bring them back to you, Lord God, and save them, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for it, God. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, Lord. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 20. And if you notice the title tonight, I call this the Belt of Reality. And there's a reason for that, which I'm going to, with the help of the Lord, bring out tonight. And uh, truth is reality when you think about it and I'm gonna with the help of the Lord I'm gonna bring that out tonight the verse 20 of Romans chapter 1 says for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse what Paul was talking to the Romans here about was he was talking about the people that that don't want to believe there's a God. they would rather believe in false falsehood and believe in things that are not true. They would rather believe in folk tales and fantasies and all that stuff and that's why we have so much fantasy things today because people don't want to come to the reality or come to the truth that God is the one that created everything and they are looking for things to replace him with to put him off a way off to the side and say i don't believe in god instead i want to believe in this falsehood and in these false things these things that are not true genesis chapter one says god created all things he created in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth he spoke everything into existence with the words from his mouth there's no other reality no other thing that you could look to and see as being truth and why do I say that? Well, for one thing, nothing else has a basis to stand upon. Evolution, if you look at the book, if you look at the theory of evolution from the very beginning, it started out, they cannot get to the very beginning because they, there's always something there. Whereas God created everything out of nothing. He spoke everything into existence out of nothing. There's no other way to explain how everything got here. And. Isaiah even said that God hung the earth and the moon and the stars and the sun. He hung it all out in nothing. So if you leave the earth and you go out beyond the atmosphere and beyond the gravitational pull of the earth, there's nothing there. It's just a vacuum because the vacuum is the absence of everything. So now taking that into consideration and looking at the theory of evolution, the theory of evolution starts out with two molecules collided and a big bang happened and started everything into existence. But how do you explain where the molecules come from? How do you explain where anything, without God speaking it into existence, or without there being a, a creator of all things, how, to, how do you explain the very beginning without including Him? So in saying that, if you look over in John chapter 1, it says in that Jesus was the Word. It says the Word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word is God, and without Him was not everything made. In other words, without without Jesus, there would have been nothing made. Without God, there would have been nothing made. Now, right here where it says this in Romans, it says, "For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world." Remember how I was saying about the belt of reality? our heart, and He go and He abodes there and lives within us. Through his spirit, he reveals the secret things to us. But not only that, but that spirit man that's within us seeks after. It longs for God. It longs for the secret things of God. It longs to be with God. It longs to always be in his presence, to talk to him, to speak to him. See, we can't see him with our physical eyes. Now, here's the thing. We can't see him with our physical eyes. But when we have an encounter with Jesus and he changes our life, Then, at that point, we begin to see Him spiritually. We know that He exists because He has revealed Himself to us. The reality of all things finally hits us. We finally realize or come to the knowledge of reality and begin to see things through the Spirit. In other words, through Jesus, through Him dwelling within us, through His Spirit, we begin to to see things. Now, think about this. When Peter was standing there and a few of the other disciples were standing there and Jesus was talking to them, He asked them, who does the people think that I am? All the people that I have spoke to, all the people that we've been around, who do they say that I am? And the disciples began to say, one of them said they, they say that you're Elijah, come back. Some say that you're John the Baptist, come back. Some people say you're this, some people say you're that. But then Jesus asked them, he said, well, okay. Having said that, who do you say that I am? meaning the disciples who had walked with him and talked with him and known him the whole time that, that because they, they spent all their time with Jesus and around him all the time, learning his teachings and him revealing things to them. Peter spoke up and said, I perceive you to be the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Meaning your physical eyes has not seen who I am, but instead God has revealed through His Spirit to you who I am. Meaning through the Spirit you learn who Jesus is. So when a person comes to the altar and they repent and they ask God to come into their heart and they're sincere about it, not ones that just come up and they're not sincere, but because they want to change, but they don't want to change. They don't want to let go of things. They don't want to live for God. They just they need Him for now. They need salvation for now. So then they go to the altar. But the ones that go and they're sincere and they're wanting to change, they're wanting to be a different person, and they go in and they have the encounter with God, a true encounter with God. They're going to get up knowing who He is and they're going to be a different person because now they're going to be looking at things through the Spirit and through God's point of view or through God's perspective. Now, think about this. After Jesus died on the cross and he went into the grave and he took the keys from death hell and the grave and he freed all the people people that was in paradise all these saints of old that had died in God and they were began to walk around and Jesus was walking around and he met two guys on the road to Damascus. One of those guys that he met on the road to Damascus was the husband of one of the Marys in the Bible. As he was walking as they were walking along on the road to Damascus they were talking about what had happened in Jerusalem. They were talking about how Jesus was crucified. And they were all, they were all down in the dumps. And they were depressed and, and everything. And, and Jesus could feel that in his spirit that they were depressed. And he, he walked up to them and said, why are you so sad? Why are you all so depressed? What, what's going on? What happened? They began to talk to him. And they told him all the things that had taken place in Jerusalem how the Messiah that came to save the world, they hung on Golgotha's hill and put him to death. And now the Messiah was, die, was gone and he was dead. So as Jesus was talking to them and they reached Emmaus, they looked to him and they said, why don't you come to our house and, and sup with us tonight and, and come have dinner with us. So when they all got in the house and Jesus was sitting there and the table was laid out and the food was laid on the table and Jesus blessed the food. And when he blessed the food, the Bible says he broke the bread. the Bible says that Jesus was known in the breaking of the bread. So when He broke the bread, they recognized at that point who He was. So when they realized who He was, what revealed that to them? It wasn't their fleshly eyes that saw it. It wasn't just that. They realized in their spirit who He was because He revealed Himself to them in the breaking of the bread. When He broke the bread and He revealed to them spiritually who He was. Now, we... Have an encounter with God that changes us and that reveals God to us, thus we come unto acknowledge, come to acknowledge the reality of things. And we know in the beginning in the garden, when Jesus, when God created Adam and Eve, He created Adam, He placed him in the garden, all things were perfect. God would come down during the cool of the day, and he would commune with Adam, he would talk with him, he would walk with him, and he's Adam seen him for who he was. He's seen him as a person when God would come down and commune with him and talk with him. His eyes didn't have a veil over him where he could actually see the reality of things. And God brought everything to him that he had created and he named each and every animal. The Bible says he had a knowledge a lot greater than any of us could possibly even think about having. Speaking of Adam here. And Eve was formed to the rib of Adam and they lived in that reality. They lived in the perfect realm so to speak that God had created for them but when they had bit when they had eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil when they had eaten of that fruit their eyes were opened they began to see good and evil in other words they knew what, what wrong was and they knew what sin was and then that's when man took on the sinful nature so when that happened as it began to As time went on, it began to get worse and worse. Sin began to get worse and worse. And now we live in a world where people's got all these fantasy things made and all these different religions made. And to think about the fantasy of it in the Greek mythology, they had a replacement for God. They had a replacement for Jesus. It was Zeus and it was Thor. And all these different ones, or Hercules rather, Thor was actually a Norse god. But all these different little g gods that they had made and it escalated beyond that even further in our our day in society so people has turned away from reality they've turned away from the truth and turned to all these false gods and false religions and all these different things that they can try to replace god with but one day each and every one of us is going to stand before god and we're going to realize who he is we're going to come to reality so to speak and see who god really is the veil is going to be lifted and the truth is going to come out and there's no way to avoid that that's what it's all coming to but you know if you think about it all the other false religions and all the other lies and all the other different things that people try to pacify their spirit with and try to Find ways to fill that void within them. All those ways are hard. But when you have God in your life, you have a hope. You have something to look forward to. You see, you have, at that point, you have hope that God one day is going to take you from this world and take you to a greater place. Going to take you to heaven to be with Him. The reality of it is, is that we're living in a world that's going to pass away. Each and every one of us is appointed to death one day. And when we reach that death, that point in our life, and we we die, whether old or young, we're going to stand before God. Whether we're a sinner or whether we're saved, a Christian, we're going to stand before God. And when that day comes, then we're going to get a reality check a real reality trick. So why not see the reality of things now? Now saying that and the, the belt of reality or the belt of truth, when you gird your loins about with truth and reality and you hang all the rest of your armor upon that truth and upon that reality, all that armor is going to work the way it's supposed to work. But if you're not living in reality, but you want to wear the helmet of salvation, or you're not really living in reality, you don't have your belt, your belt of truth on. All this other pieces of the armor, the, the breastplate of righteousness, and the helmet of salvation, and and all that stuff is not going to work right. It's it's going to have faults in it, and it's it's <laughs> it's just not going to work. Now think about this. Our faith, and I'm not talking about the shield tonight, but this plays a big part in the the reality of things. Our faith, if we're asking God for something, and it looks totally impossible. And just to let you know, that's where God works the best, is in the impossibility, because that is where He gets all the glory, because man cannot make something impossible, possible. Only God can make things that's impossible, possible. But having said that, if you're facing something in your life that is impossible and there seems to be absolutely no way that it can take place, absolutely no way possible that the miracle can take place in your life, just know this, God can make it happen. Your faith works on impossibilities. Hebrews 11 1 says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. You see, it's something that you're hoping for. You're looking to it needing it to happen you're hoping that something will happen to where it'll fix or correct your situation you're hoping that a miracle will take place and correct your situation we had a man in our church and his wife is probably going to watch this video but he had a bad cancer on the side of his head and this was something that you could you could physically see with your your physical eyes and you could see it; his whole side of his head was swollen up, and the doctors didn't give him any hope. Which the doctors can't give him hope because the doctors don't. A lot of doctors don't believe. A lot of doctors don't have hope themselves. But having said that, this cancer on the side of his head, we all been praying for him, praying for a miracle, praying that God to move and God to remove this cancer, that God to give him a miracle healing. And one day he was sitting there and. His wife watched as this cancer just dissolved and fell off the side of his head. Now, (laughs) yeah, I know what you're thinking. No way, right? You're thinking no way. But you know, that's where God works the best at is in the impossibilities. She saw with her own physical eyes now, not the spiritual eyes, but with her physical eyes, the miracle taking place right before her, right in front of her, right in front of her own eyes, watched it take place now think about this that being a substance of things hoped for became the evidence of things not seen now the whole side of his face is back to normal and the healing is taking place but a miracle took place so that the healing could take place now there's no more cancer on the side of his head how do you explain that doctors can't explain that there's nothing they did to cause it All they could do is just give him medicine to comfort him and to and to keep him to keep him the pain under subjection. But to actually to have a miracle take place, there's only one way that can happen. And that's through God. God making the miracle take place. God moving down in a situation and in a circumstance where people were laying their hope up and the substance of their hope, laying the substance up out there saying, God, we need you to move in this situation. God, we're trusting you. We're putting our hope in you, Lord. We're asking you, God, move. Make a make a miracle happen here. Move in this situation. Take care of it because we can't do it ourselves. There's no man out here can take care of this. Only you can take care of this. But you see, we tend to want to do things ourselves and try to fix things ourselves instead of trusting God to do it, instead of believing that he will move. But we can't see that physically. We have to put the flesh under subjection and let the spirit man walk and talk and live and move for us within us and to where our faith and our trust in him will build up. But now think about this. The faith is a substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things not seen. Meaning you have hope and believe that God's going to move in it to where it becomes... The evidence of things is not seen. Why is it not seen? Because our physical eyes can't see it, but our spiritual eyes can see it afar off and trust God and believe it. And we lay hold on it and grab a hold of it and believe that God's going to move. See, that's the reality part of it. Now, once again, we look at it from a fleshly point of view. From our physical fleshly eyes, we look around us and we see a world that's in trouble. We see a world that, that all these bad things are happening we see a world that we look around and we like, how can you, how can God let all this stuff happen? How can God let all these things happen? But you see when God't when people don't want God, when they push God out of the picture and say, "I don't want him, I don't need him, then calamity is going to happen. Why? Because they're pushing the one that can that, the one that is real, And the reality of things are pushing off to the side. So when he pulls away and moves off to the side, then calamity hits because God's no longer in control of the situation because man don't want him to control it. Now don't take that the wrong way. God is in control of all things. But what I'm saying here is if you don't want God in your life and you turn away from him and you walk away from him and you don't live for him, he's not obligated to move for you. But if you come into reality and come into the truth and you allow God to change you and allow God to be part of your life and you surrender to him and let him have full control, then your world would change. Your desires would change. You'll have hope amongst calamity. You'll have hope amongst all the bad things that's happening in this world. You see, all this has to take place because it's Bible prophecy coming to pass before our eyes. And only the people that knows it and the people that knows God and that that God is revealing things to them can see these things that are happening. Because the blinders are on a lot of people and they fail to see it because they don't want to see it. In all creation, God created everything and He created it perfect. He created a real world for us to live in. He's the truth of all things. And when we come into into realization that He is the truth, just like He said, I am the truth, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The Bible says there's one God, one faith, one baptism. There's not more than one God. There's only one God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And He is the reality of all things. And I hope you could grasp that tonight and you could realize, I hope I broke this down enough where you could understand it. But It's a very complicated subject, but it's the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And we have to come to realize that. And Jesus is the truth. And there's no other truth out there but Jesus. And we have to realize that. I hope this touched you tonight, and I hope that it helps you in your walk with God, and uh, I pray that it blesses you, and I'm going to return again, not sure which one I'm going to do next, but um, tune in, and I hope uh, hope you get a blessing out of it, love you guys, God bless you.